Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. The Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts is proudly sponsored by the Global Wellness HQ community. It's an online membership group where we meet, we share ideas, we share insights, and we all work together and help one another discover our own personal wellness journeys. If you'd like to join us, you can easily click the link below or scan the QR code, and we love hearing your stories, so we hope to see you in the community. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm excited to have Dave Hubbard on the show. Dave, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. I grew up in uh, in Napa, California, uh, on a ranch, actually. I lived in Napa th- before grapes were actually the main agricultural cl- crop, believe it or not. It was plums and walnuts, and that's what we picked for our summer jobs. Um, five brothers, you know, five kids. Um, was a three-sport athlete. Uh, all of us were super, super active. Um, none of us had, we knew the money wasn't there for us to pay, you know, my parents to pay for college. So we all scrambled in our own way and all of us ended up with full rides, either uh, academic or music or, or sports. For me, it was sports. Um, had a full ride to several colleges, uh, chose BYU, Brigham Young University. Um, so I went there in the early 70s and uh, not Mormon, but that's where I went to school. It was really two different worlds in terms of that aspect of things at the school. Uh, but that was the beginning when BYU was really taking off uh, Lavelle Edwards' second year, I think, there. And so it was good. They're, they were good years. Um, from there, had the opportunity to play professionally. I was drafted by the New Orleans Saints, played for Hank Stram. Uh, and, play, and was a left offensive tackle uh, protecting Archie Manning uh, there at, uh, you know, with, with New Orleans. Shortly after uh, football ended, and I, I actually stepped out of football into the ministry. That was something that I had always planned on doing. And uh, it, it was at that time that I decided to do something I always wanted to do, and that was to go parachuting just for the fun of it. Uh, we called it parachuting because it wasn't skydiving then. You didn't, t- t- you know, today, if you're going to do that, you, it's, it's a tandem jump. You're hooked up to a professional and you jump out at about 14,000 feet and, and so on. Back then, uh, you went to kind of small, little bit sketchy areas where, you know, they'd let you jump out of a, uh, an airplane and, and uh, <laughs> they were static, they were static line jumps. They were military type jumps where as you jumped out of the plane, the chute opened and so you only jumped out at about 3,000 feet. Um, so some buddies of mine uh, went up there and, and uh, to, to jump. And what happened was, long story short, is my main chute did not open. And um, I was, I, I, when I finally got the reserve open, so I'm falling from the time my, the time the 
I left the plane to the time I hit the ground was less than 30 seconds. I'm flying at 125 wow. miles an hour. I have no concept of kind of where I'm at because there's really no sensation of falling and parachuting. Uh, they tell you that, but you just don't believe it until it's actually happening. And uh, I finally got the reserve open. And when it, when it opened, I hit the ground. It was just, I was only 200 feet off the ground when I hit. Wow. Uh, thought I broke every bone in my body, uh, but it began to center the pain and everything on my back and realized I, I seriously injured my back. So I, I say all that because that's pivotal to what kind of how my life changed and what I something else that I ended up doing besides ministry, which I've always continued to do. Um, I, for the first time in my life, I got out of shape physically. Uh, you know, I'd always been in shape. I didn't even know what that knew what that felt like. Um, but I was to the point where, you know, I, my playing weight in the NFL was 280 pounds. Uh, so I just kind of let that go. And, and, and I, and I, you know, high blood pressure, high body fat, you name it. Um, I was motivated to, to get my act together by, uh, a title of an article I read that said the average lifespan of an ex NFL athlete is only 53 years of age. Wow. And it's actually not, it's not far from that now, believe it or not. I think it's still under 60. And so I said, you know, I'm going to be a part of that statistic unless I get my act together. My problem was that everything I knew to do, I couldn't do, uh, you know, in terms of exercise because of my back. The big thing then was that now we're into the 80s, you know, and 90s was, was, was jogging and aerobics, aerobics, aerobics. And I couldn't do it because of my back, even, even lifting like weights for strength uh, because it put so much compression on my spine and my back, I couldn't do it. So I ended up developing a method by which you could build strength uh, in, a, in a short period of time uh, without putting any compression on the spine and uh, have a patent on that. And, you know, it was, 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 it was so revolutionary from the standpoint of, of what happened over the course of just about two and a half years. My, my theory was, my hypothesis was that everybody was spending way too much time actually uh, doing what could take a lot less time as far as getting the results that they really wanted with, with exercise and fitness. And uh, I felt like because that was the case and things were ramping up in terms of people's busy lives. Uh, and so, you know, it was like, okay, I need to exercise, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, two to three times a week. But then what happens is, you know, soccer practice changes for the kids. I miss one session here, you know, and you get to the end of the month, you've exercised, you know, half a dozen times. Uh, my concept was let's do 10 minutes a day. Uh, now with that said, I, from the very beginning, drew a distinction between exercise and a workout. Okay. And I think this is a really important distinction. Exercise has to do with anything you do just to get moving. And in today's sedentary society, uh, we're sitting 12 to 14 hours a day. You know, we got to move, you got to move as much as you can. So, yep. you know, walking um, is fantastic. Uh, playing golf, playing tennis, any activity that you do uh, is, I would consider exercise. Um, and exercise can be, and oftentimes is fun. A workout, on the other hand, is not fun. Uh, in fact, it should not be fun. If you're having fun, you're, pro you're really probably not doing it right. Uh, because an because a workout is where you give your body the stress that it it really demands. You stress the heart, stress the muscle, stress the bones, stress your brain, 
and great things happen. That's how we're wired. Uh, and so when I say 10 minutes a day, I mean a 10 minute workout. And the idea was kind of get in, get out, get it over with, but do it every day so that it develops as a habit. Uh, habit forming became a big part of the, the methodology that, that I employed uh, with people because I, you know, I believe that that's the key. Uh, my tagline was, it's far better to brush your teeth for two or three minutes a day than for 45 minutes, two to three times a month. Uh, you know, and, 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 and so that, that was a big, that was a big part of, of, of what, of what we did, of what I did. And, I love and, it. And I think that's one of the fundamental things, um, you know, we looked at um, wellness and one of the, the pieces we felt was missing was the habitual side of things, because if we don't make something a habit, you know, as soon as the weather gets cool or, you know, as you said, kids' uh, schedules change, everything goes out the window, whereas a habit, we just do. And I think that's yeah. the important thing is that consistency. Yeah, you never, you know, I tell people, you, when's the last time that you stood in front of the sink to brush your teeth in the morning and say, you know, I've got a really busy day today. I think I'll skip it now and, and, and you know, do it twice tomorrow. Yeah. It just never happens because to your point, yeah, it's, it, it's so ingrained into the routine uh, of your day, of your schedule um, that, that you just don't, you don't even think about it. And that's the key. When you can get to that point, with, with something, then you're really going to get the re results you're looking for. Because that's, see, the, pe people will ask me all the time in seminars, you know, what about this workout? What about that? You know, do they work? And I say, listen, I'll, I'll, let's, cut, sure, let's cut to the quick. They all work. They all work. The question isn't whether they work. The question is, are they sustainable? Yeah. You know, because typically, um, you know, these are meant to give you kind of as quick a results as possible, but <laughs> they have you overdoing in many instances what you can, what you can maintain, uh, you know, long, long term. So uh, I, I draw a distinction of, you know, you get, there's, there's the temporary and the permanent, you know, a tattoo is permanent. You get a tattoo, it's going to stay there. Uh, changing hair color, you know, is, is temporary. Yeah. And that's the way most people kind of approach, I think, exercise and fitness routines and that sort of thing. They're changing their hair color constantly rather than, let, you know, finding something that really works, sticking with it, and, and you do that for the rest of your life. So for me, I'm 67 years old now. Uh, I certainly beat the odds on the other, uh, you know, that I read from the article with NFL players. And uh, I, for the last 30 years, have done and only do have done a 10-minute workout every day. So I'm living proof that it, it flat works. And I, and I think that's one of the challenges is a lot of things require, you know, and, and people will say, oh, I can't do that. You know, they point to Hollywood and, you know, how some of these people spend six hours a day at the gym. That is not sustainable. I mean, even if it's your career, you know, as a professional athlete, there's only so many hours you can do in the gym you still need a life and, you know, you've got errands to run and you've got practices, you know, life happens. So let's talk about the, the 10 minutes. Um, now I'm going to guess this is years and years of experience. And, you know, for our listeners, uh, I would not have pegged you at 67. Uh, I think that that alone is a testament. And, um, you know, I, I watched the movie Concussion where they talk about NFL players and, 
you know, it's not a, a promising longevity path for as a career choice. Um, so how did you get it down to 10 minutes? And, and let's kind of go on that tangent and talk about sure. the the science behind it, if you will, because something okay. tells no, me perfect. You've, you've put a yeah. lot of thought into that. <laughs> yeah, well, interestingly enough, here's the here's the epiphany that I had. OK, um, and, and this is a you'll find this amazing. So here's the question that I'll pose to you and the audience and, and so on. Uh, if you sat down to watch a football game on TV, college or pro, and yet with, with a stopwatch, and you started the stopwatch every time the ball was snapped, and you stopped it every time the whistle blew, okay? Now, you've got four quarters, you've got uh, 15 minutes a quarter. So, you know, the actual game, and of course, the Super Bowl with commercials is, you know, like four hours of you sitting there watching it, right? But again, you start it when the ball snaps, you end it when the whistle blows. The question is this, over the course of those four quarters or, or that 60 minutes, at the end of the game, how much time would you have on your stopwatch, do you think? I'm going to guess very, very little. It's like it's, if you're actually, actually timing the game? It's, you're, you're, you're timing movement, ballistic movement on the field. See what I'm saying? Oh, so in other words, yep. in football, see in football, what people don't realize is, or, or in a lot of sports, there's a lot of standing around. Yep. I was standing around the sidelines, a lot of standing around in the huddle. A lot but of the setting up. Time, the actual time that you're, you know, putting your body in motion and calling on, you know, all the muscles you, you've strengthened and, 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 and the stress of what you're doing is very short. The average is 11 minutes. Ooh, I was going to guess 20. So there you go. 11 minutes. This was actually, I think, about six Super Bowls ago. It was the front page of the Wall Street Journal had an article on this because, again, it's just so, so amazing. So that's kind of where I landed. So that means, again, all that time, you're actually only working out, if you will, for an average of 11 minutes over the course of a 60-minute game. So that's kind of where I landed on the on the 10 minute to, to, to answer your question there. And then from there, I had to prove it out. So it was a matter of, uh, you know, and, and, and it was a matter of me just saying, okay, I'm going to do this and let's see what happens. And it took two and a half years, okay, at the 10 minutes. But again, over that period of time, I lost a tremendous amount of weight. I went from high blood pressure down to, I have, you know, phenomenal blood pressure and have from the time that it, that it went down and settled, uh, you know, low body fat percentage, you know, er everything fell into line. But now two and a half years is a long time, okay? I mean, you know, that's for what we're talking about. A lot, yeah. a lot of people don't have the patience to, 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 to go there. But I used to be asked all the time then in a, in a seminar or presentation, you know, do you have any scientific, uh, you know, evidence for this? And I would say, no, I don't. There isn't any but I have lots of anecdotal. So by that time, we had many, many people who had gotten on the program, hundreds of people were getting on the program and having success. And, and that's kind of where it's at. What I didn't realize is I was way ahead of the curve for what ultimately landed with what we know now as, as hit or burst training. Okay. okay. And, and so that's really what, you know, the science now is all there. So the science is in on the fact that this, this method absolutely works. You do not need to spend um, a, a, a ton of time. Uh, and in fact, you're better off if you will lessen the, will concentrate the time, if you will, 
um, with your with your workouts to do it in to do it with higher intensity or higher effort for a shorter period of time and then do it and then do it more often. I love that. And, you know, I think um, I, I'm a child of the, the late 70s, early 80s. So, you know, there's that 20 minute this 20 minute that everybody was and I think, you know, there, there was too much talk about and I think this is a North American pandemic, we get into how many hours did you put in and it's not mm -hmm. the hours you put in it's the quality you put in in the hours. Yeah, they had they well what happened is they had a hypothesis as well and that was you know when when cardiovascular disease you know heart attacks and that sort of thing began to, to rise begin to shoot up they thought well you know we're we're pretty sedentary we need to get people moving so they just as I kind of you know guessed it said okay I'm going to move forward with my hypothesis of 10 minutes a day of 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 working out they landed on two to three times a week for you know 20 to 30 minutes and then they develop the whole target heart rate you know based on your age you got to get in the zone and you got to stay there for this amount of period of time so all the testing they did it wasn't like we're testing this group of people against this group of people with the two they were as i was testing mine they were testing theirs and uh what what's happened from that time to now as far as the science is concerned is we've discovered something really interesting, and that is that that aerobic exercise is really a myth as it has to do with strengthening the heart or cardiovascular fitness. It, the heart is a pump; it's also a muscle. Okay, so what people don't realize is that a marathon runner's heart actually shrinks. Okay, because we're not necessarily designed to run 26 miles without stopping. You can do it. The body will adapt to just about anything. Yeah. So if you do that, but see what you're doing is you're kind of flipping the flip. You're flipping the script, if you will, from from training your body for endurance. Okay. But the reality is that heart attacks uh, uh, don't occur because you haven't done. You know, you haven't run or put in your miles, so to speak, and all of a sudden, you know, you have a you're running a 5K for your company for a charity, and you dropped out of a heart attack. Heart attacks happen because you're coming out of uh, uh, the local supermarket at night and somebody puts a gun to your head and they're gonna carjack you. Yeah. And it's a fight or flight. All of a sudden your heart goes from you know, zero to a hundred and it's not strong enough as a muscle to, to handle that event, okay? So if you look at the athletes and say, who has the strongest hearts? It's the sprinters. Sprinters have the strongest hearts. You know, they're because they're doing again that burst and they're building up just like, you know, if I took a, a, a five pound weight in my hand and I said, so I'm going to build a bicep. OK, so I'm going to do curls. Well, I I'll probably do 200 of them. OK, yeah. and, and it's not really going to do a whole lot. If I take a 30 pound, I maybe can start out only do two. But then over time, I build up from two to four to six to 10. And now, now we're really building muscle. We're really building, building strength. So even today, with all of the knowledge and all of you know, the science and everything else, uh, people are, in my opinion, many people are spending way too much time in the whole aerobic cardio thing with a misunderstanding of what it's really accomplishing. And the other problem with that for those in, in my age group and on, or once really once you get past, say, the age 50 is you're, you're beating up your joints, 
you know, you're, you're doing something that's, that's, again, it comes down to kind of uh, functional fitness, you know, what getting the most bang for your buck. That's the way I look at it. I mean, you can do that, but what, what if we could do something differently and accomplish the same thing without having to spend so much time doing it? I love that. And I think time is a big, big lesson in, in today's age. There's such a, you know, we're scarce, we're trying to do too many things. And what I like about the 10 minutes is um, I'm going to make an assumption here that, you know, if you're doing it right, and and again, looking at the shape you're in, and the fact that you're 67, when your peers tended to not make it past 53, uh, I'm going to guess that um, that 10 minutes a day, in fact, gives you time. Yes, it does. Um, uh, Philip uh, Arvadia, who's a, a cardiac surgeon, uh, he's written a great book I'd recommend. It's, it's <laughs> great title, Stay Off My Operating Table. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, he, he said this, I wrote down this quote, it's a great quote. He said, I, I always encourage my patients to prioritize building and maintaining strength. The more that you're able to maintain muscle as you age, the longer you will live and the better quality of life you will have. And yeah, muscle and strength has become uh, a big deal. Cause you know, the, it's the old good news, bad news. You know, the good news is your body's gonna last you longer than you ever dreamed possible because of modern medicine. The bad news is because of modern medicine, your body's going to last you longer than you ever dreamed possible. You know, so we, we have too many people now that are outliving, you know, uh, their ability to maintain bone strength, muscle strength, mental strength, and acuity and all these other things because they, they, they're not doing the kinds of things that need to do and the body demands for that. Uh, sarcopenia, which is muscle loss, is, uh, is, is becoming a really big deal. 88% uh, of adults past 55 uh, are at pretty serious risk. 18 million uh, Americans uh, are diagnosed clinically with, sar sar with sarcopenia. Um, and and the, again, the tragedy, as is the case with, with onset diabetes, it's preventable and it's reversible without medication uh, right. through, through, through exercise and diet. I love that. Well, let's uh, get into some of the advice that you'll give people. And um, I, I recognize, so first of all, um, I know you've created a website uh, where you're giving your knowledge away for free. So why don't we talk about why that's important to you? And then um, in, in the process, if you want to share how people can uh, access that information, I think that would be very useful um, for our audience. Yeah, in the past, over the course of, you know, it's been 30 years now that I've done, you know, lectures and presentations, seminars and so forth, which I still do for, although on a more limited basis and, and primarily here just in greater Atlanta, for companies, organizations, groups, churches and so forth. And, and that can be done, uh, you know, virtually or, or uh, you know, live. Um, and in, in up till about two years ago, or maybe about a year and a half ago, uh, I would, you know, sell the program and, uh, you know, made available through, you know, DVDs and, you know, all that sort of thing. And I just, I decided about three years ago, I said, I, I really just want to give it away. I mean, just, I missed that age and stage of my life where, um, you know, I, I really would li like to give it away. So it took about a year and a half to coalesce all of that uh, in, on, on, online. 
And so took a lot of time filming, you know, the videos because, you know, technique and instructions are very important. Uh, you know, you, you need to know how to do each of the exercises correctly. And in my opinion, you need, in my opinion, education is a really big part of it. My, my formula was this, it still is, education plus motivation times application equals results. If you get any of those out of order, you're in trouble. And the biggest missing piece, in my opinion, is always the educational piece. Because so, so what happens is most people, um, something comes up, let's say there's a wedding that you're supposed to be in, you know, uh, in, 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 in a month. And you say, man, I got to lose 15 pounds. I got to lose 10, 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds. Well, if you came to me with that, I would say, I, do exactly what I tell you to do. In this case, diet wise, mostly. I can, I can take that 20 pounds off, okay? However, you need to understand that when it's all said and done, you're not going to be able to continue <laughs> to, to do that. It's just not gonna happen. So again, that's back to the, the, the extreme kind of scenario that a lot of people jump into. Um, if you understand how your body works either for you or against you based on what, what you do uh, physically, then you'll be a lot more motivated to, to do it in the first place and to continue to do it. So education is a big part of what's, what's there. So going back to what we talked about with habit, because habit's always been a really huge part of what I've, what I've taught um, and, and, and tried to have people put into practice. The way it's set up now is when you, when you join, um, you, you, you get a lot of stuff with the program. You get, um, you get my book, okay, which is a, a digital book in this case now, uh, post-publication. Um, uh, so you, you, get, you get the book for free. You get a lot of video instruction in terms of, of the educational uh, piece of it. You get a lot of articles and supportive literature um, you know, from others validating kind of what you're learning and what you're going through. And then I thought the best way to do it would be to break it down uh, in, in, into an, an everyday kind of thing around 10 minutes. So you actually, you, you begin by taking the 30-day challenge. And the 30-day challenge basically says, I want you to commit 10 minutes of time, 10 to 15 minutes of your time every day for the next 30 days. And the first day, for example, you would learn one of the exercises. You're not going to begin to do the workouts yet. You're just going to learn one of the exercises, learn how to do it correctly, practice it, so forth. Then the second day, you learn another one of the exercises and so forth. Then you have a review day. And then once you kick past that, which is like day eight, I think, or day nine, then you're into the workouts. Okay. The workouts are all concise and they're for you. They're timed timed out to where you have, have countdowns and so forth. The, the other piece that I, I think resonates really well with people is rather than most of the workout videos you see where it's kind of turn it on and then work out with me, you know, here, here, here we go. And you do, this will, will show you the exercise and then you can stop the video at that point, do the exercise and then pick it up again to do the next one. And the, the importance of that is that everybody goes at their own pace, right? I mean, you know, you, you know, we get different age groups and whatnot that are doing it. So uh, it gives flexibility as far as that's concerned. And you're not always feeling like you're being rushed if you don't want to be rushed as you, as you run the program. So at the end of the 30 days, you have 
effectively not only learned the full program and the exercises and how to do them correctly and so forth, but now you have you have everything that you've just experienced in a, in, a, in a dashboard, if you will, that you can go to every day and be able to get to to, to do your workouts. So it's really that simple. The, the website is getfit and then the number 10.com. I love it. Um, and I, I just want to share for the audience that uh, my co-host Pete Kane has joined us. So Pete. Uh, Hello, Dave. Uh, Pete, what's uh, happening, sorry. brother? Uh, sorry for being late. Uh, no, no, reading uh, uh, calendars has not been my uh, strong suit, so I messed up on my time no, of, no, the, no worries. of the PT, and that threw everything else off. But hey, I am into habits, and sometimes I miss the habits. <laughs> but good, yeah, Jeff. So he's the best educator in the business. So he educates like no other. And people respond to it. So we had many a cool days together. And uh, I was with Craig over the weekend. I said, "Oh, really? Yeah, Dave's <laughs> going to be on uh, the podcast uh, early in the week." He said, "Tell him I said hello." And we yeah, laughed hello. about. It's been so long since I've seen Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's pushing. Yeah, and that. I was telling, I, I was telling Jeff that you, yeah, in the beginning, going way, way back. Uh, Gosh, almost 30 years ago now. Yeah. You were you came on the first one that would schedule me and book me. And, yeah. And oh Pete, yeah. He was, was the best, man. Pete would Pete would get on that phone. And uh before I knew put, it, I had uh put, I had put more, the man I had in front of the group. <laughs> Except like when I stop, scheduled. Please. Remember one way we would schedule Lions Club? That's when we would get a, a beat down. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. guys, they're 85 years old. They're not exactly my ideal client <laughs> or ideal audience. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you two are, are connecting. So Pete, yeah. um, are there any questions I should be asking Dave? Um, I know you, you're joining us late, but. Um... Yeah, just fo focus on Dave. I'm kind of, uh, I'm in the apologizing mode. So you just focus on Dave. All right. Well, Dave, I'm I'm going to switch gears slightly. One of my favorite things to do uh, when we have somebody who has a wealth of knowledge like yourself is let's just go off script. And I'm going to ask you, what is the number one best piece of advice you've ever received regarding fitness that you'd be willing to share with our audience today? I know that's not a small ask, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you think. Probably make small, sure your parachute works now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably small, small changes make a huge difference over time. You know, I, I think that people were, were in such a, I gotta have it now uh, mode. And we have been for a long time. Yeah. Uh, that everybody wants and expects everything to happen instantly. Uh, and, and they'll pay for it. You know, if you can, man, alive, if you can give me a pill, uh, even with side effects, if it can, you know, accomplish X, Y, Z and do it quickly, I'm all over it. That's kind of the mindset. And I have a difficult time convincing people that, look, it, it you know, you didn't get overweight and out of shape, uh, you know, losing your energy. You didn't, you don't now have onset diabetes 
and, and some of these other things because it happened quickly or overnight. It's, it's happened subliminally, very slowly, probably over a period of many years. Uh, and so with that said, it's kind of ridiculous to assume that you can reverse all that in three months or six months. It's, it, it takes time. Your body will, if you give your body what it requires and what it needs, everything happens at the cellular level. Okay. So you're replacing like, uh, you know, millions of cells on a daily basis. And so literally when you study that out, it's fascinating. You, you have over, over six to eight months, you have brand new legs from the cellular level out. Your body is kind of recreating itself constantly. Uh, and so the, the exciting news about that is if you get on track, and that's the key, if you get on track doing the right things, and if you can stick with that and continue to do it, you will see the results. You just have to be patient and you have to stick with it long enough to, to, to realize that. I love that. And I think I read this somewhere once that, you know, somebody was giving advice to people. And, you know, if you wake up one morning and you step on the scale and you weigh 600 pounds, you didn't wake up overnight and add, you know, all the extra weight. It took time. So yeah. I, I think that's the the key. You know, a lot of people want instant gratification. We're in that, you know, we live in that society where it's instant gratification, this instant gratification, that. Um, patience is huge. Um, yeah, and the other piece with that, and that, and that folds right back into the whole educational thing, you know, because you, it, you, you're, you're mentioning the scale is a perfect example, you know, with women is more so than men when they get onto a, you know, when they get on a quote unquote exercise program, they're going to begin to do a workout. It's typically because they want to lose some weight. Yeah. But you need to stay away from the scale, okay? And the reason is because you know, muscle burns fat. Okay. So ultimately, if you want to become a fat burning machine, you have to increase your muscle mass. That way you're burning, it's, it's burning, you know, fat as fuel, you know, when you're lying in bed, two o'clock in the morning. Okay. But you got to get there. So the, in the initial process with that, as you build muscle, muscle weighs more than fat. This is why I'll throw this in the, the B, the BMI is ridiculous. Okay, the body mass index. It's, it's, I, I'm so tired of it. I can't believe that it still owns the day as far as a measurement is concerned. It's nothing more than a glorified height and weight chart. Okay. Yeah. When I take my BMI, I, I come out either obese or very obese every yeah. time. Now you say, why is that? Well, because I'm, uh, I, have, I have more muscle mass then it, it then it you know appears to be based on my size. If you took almost every athlete taking a BMI would come out obese or very obese because the one thing they're not measuring, which is the critical thing, is 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 body fat versus muscle mass. Okay, so when you're building that muscle mass, if you get on a scale, you're going to weigh more. So this is what really you know you've been doing your workouts now for a week, two weeks, and you get on the scale and you gain two pounds. And this is where you just go, okay, I've had it. This is ridiculous. I'm like, no, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. You're replacing, you know, you're, you're burning the fat. You're, you're building up the muscle mass. Ultimately, that's going to flip and begin to work in your favor because you're going to be, because that muscle mass is going to be fueling on the, on the fat. So again, education is critical in understanding, again, how your body works and, and, and how it doesn't. 
I love it. And, and I think there, there's so much to think about. Like if you look at the average college athlete, and I'm going to pick on basketball because, you know, they, they tend to have some muscle. They tend to be leaner, but based on their muscle mass and their height, they're probably obese, which is ridiculous because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah Jordan, to... <laughs> Jordan, yeah, Jordan famously, they, you know, they, they did this test and yeah, he came out obese. And so it's like, well, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Now, now full disclosure, there are some people who, you know, they're athletes. I mean, you think about sumo wrestlers, they're going to come across as obese no matter what. Um, but yeah, it, it's such an outdated and, you know, it, it served its purpose it was based on actuarial tables to determine risk for life insurance. Okay. Right. But right. as a, as a judgment, I mean, and, and that's the thing I, I had a friend who was um, he's my height, so I'm not going to say he was short, but you know, he was about five foot seven, five foot eight. And he was a solid lean 0% body fat, literally um, 300 pounds. And, you know, he, he worked out, literally his life was his work and his gym. And yet when you looked at the tables, he was off the chart because he had so much mass compared to his height. Well, it goes the other way too. I mean, I, in my seminars, I'll say, you know, there's a big difference between fitness and thinness. Okay. So we have, we have many people that just because they're thin, you could look at them and say, Oh, well, just because they're thin doesn't mean they're healthy. Doesn't mean they're in great shape. They have what's called skinny fat now which refers to it kind of started with like runway models who are you know very thin uh you know and so forth but they have high percentage of body fat okay because they they don't have any they don't have any strength they don't have a lot of muscle mass and so there's different body types you know we can get really thrown off i I like to compare it like to dogs you take a a rottweiler okay who's who's in great shape and then you look at a greyhound you know they're they're two both of them are very fit Okay, but two completely different body types. Yeah. And that's the same thing here. You can have someone who looks like they might be 10, 15 pounds overweight, uh, but they're not. Okay. It's their body type and and they're they're you know based on the measurements that are important, uh, they're they're in good shape. I love that. Um, and Pete, you can uh, jump on in if you have any questions, yeah. but I think um, you know, Dave fascinating, and um, I think Pete can attest that uh, Dave does not look to be 67, not, not that 67 looks like something, but um, I know way too many people who've actively ridden couches for years and um, they don't look great once they're at 50, let alone by the time they get 67. Um, What's your favorite morning routine, Dave? How do you get up and embrace the day with some energy? Um, I've actually shifted. I used to do my workouts always in the morning. Uh, I felt like it was, you know, I need to get it out of the way because things happen. And then you come up, you know, find yourself making an excuse of this, that, and the other through the day. But once it became so ingrained, once it becomes really ingrained in your life, you know, you, there's so much guilt when you miss it, you know, it's like, okay, no, I can never do that again. And so, you know, it's so much a part of the fabric of my life that my actual workouts now are in the are in the in the afternoon, uh, in in the late afternoon, um, and you can also split this up. You could do five minutes in the morning. You could do five minutes in the afternoon. There's actually pieces of it. Uh, isometrics plays a, a big part in because isometrics is a great way and a very quick way to build strength safely. 
Um, and you can do isometrics. I have people tell me once they learn all the isometric uh, uh, exercises that they do them in the car. They do them while they're you know, stuck in traffic. In, in you know, in some cases, so you can you can break it up that way. Uh, for me, we my morning routine is to walk uh, uh, a mile and a half with my bride every morning in the national park. Um, that's something that we established probably 25 years ago. Uh, at first, because we had dogs and we'd take the dogs for a walk. Our subdivision borders the national park, so it's easy to hop over there. And um, so we that is just a part of our routine. Um, it's it's also a good uh, I. I know not everybody can do this, but if you can or do some facsimile of it, I think for the husband-wife relationship, it becomes really, really neat in this sense that, you know, women, you've heard this, and it's true, uh, it, you know, women speak, let's say they speak 70,000 words a day, you know, and we speak 20,000 men. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, with, with kids, you know, you have a mom with two or three little kids running around the house, you know, they, they've, they've, they've gone past their 70,000 at one o'clock, right. Or, you know, or noon, but, but unfortunately the words were all to little kids, right. I mean, they're not, they're not connecting them the way they would really like to, um, or, you know, and so they, you know, or, or they haven't, you know, if they're home alone or, or whatever, they've still got margin They're They're at, let's say, 45, 50,000, okay, when, when the husband comes back on the scene, uh, home from work or whatever, and the husband, he, he's, he's, you know, he's way past his 20,000, okay, so then you run into that, that crisis where, you know, the wife says, well, how, how was work today, and the husband's like, oh, please don't, please don't ask me that question, please don't make me tell you, I really, I don't want to talk right now, I just give me something, you know, get, let me sit down and uh, eat a meal, sit down in front of the TV, whatever, so, uh, and definitely don't want that conversation happening right before you're trying to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so the morning, it's great. Cause I can, I can have a busy day. She can have a busy day, come home. And, and I'll say, you know what? We don't even, we don't even have to go there because in the morning, when I take, when we take that, we spend that 30 minutes and take that mile and a half walk. We're going to talk about everything. It's fresh new day. Uh, we're out and we can talk and dialogue and back and forth. And, and, uh, and it really, really, it has a lot of benefits, I guess, is what I'm saying beyond just the exercise component of it. I love that. Well, I, I know I could talk to you for hours, um, but we want to be mindful of your time. Is there anything I should have asked you about either, you know, fitness, wellness, or about um, what your mission is in life that I haven't? And uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask before we wound up. Hmm. I jammed through a lot of stuff. Let me think. <laughs> um, I get the only other thing I can think of is is the the we a hundred years ago or seventy years ago, maybe sixty years ago. We really didn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You know, I mean, with Forest Fitness, that's what, you know, we're, we have settled into this ridiculous sedentary lifestyle. Okay. Uh, I mean, my father grew up on a 600 acre ranch, couldn't actually play sports because he had to be home to work the ranch. He was one of the hardest 
you know, working people that I knew uh, as far as, you know, you know, labor was concerned. And my parents didn't, my parents didn't go to the gym. They didn't have gyms. You know, they didn't have workout facilities. They didn't have workout <laughs> routines. Yeah. You know, even when TV came on the scene, you know, there wasn't, there weren't, certainly weren't channels and there weren't commercials about fitness because they were doing on a daily basis what the body demanded and what was, what was necessary. But that has been totally, you know, reversed. And so what we find is that if you don't, if you don't supplant that, if you don't replace what the body is demanding and what's necessary, then what's going to happen? And I see this a lot. We see this a lot with those our age. You're going to end up in one of one or two camps. You're either going to be able to continue to do the kinds of things that you like to do. Not the same. You can't. I can't do what I could do in my 40s, not, not, not even my 50s. But I'm still very active. And when Melinda and I travel somewhere, um, we can look at the portfolio of activities and what's going on and say, let's do some white, white water rafting. Let's do, let's take the zip line. You know, let's do this, let's do that. And in that sense, we're, we stay really, really active. But we see so many at that point that can't, all of that has stopped. And, and that, that's tragic to me. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, and so a big part of what should be the motivation to, to do this, and it certainly is with me, so that I can continue to, uh, you know, to do the things that, that, that I would like to do. I love that. Well, Dave, I want to thank you for your time. And uh, I'll, I'll let uh, Pete have some final thoughts, but uh, I really, really appreciate your time today. Yeah, no problem. It's fun. Yeah, I'm going to have to correct my calendar to make sure that I can read it properly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing profound, but we'll catch up later, Dave. I mean, uh, I wanted to be, all of a sudden, it was like servers in the restaurant industry have been devastated or um, have been hit hard. So two servers short, a cook, a manager. So service ah. was slow, to say the least. And yeah. so wow. no self-checkout in this restaurant. <laughs> So I was uh, between a rock and a hard place, but I know that now. But no, no appreciate you great, being great on it. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.